0: You're listening to the Whitewater Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in, and if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Whitewater is doing, you can go to whitewaterchurch.org give. Let's dive into this week's message together. Hey, Whitewater community. I'm Jaylene, and we are currently in a 21 Days of Prayer series. I'd like to share three elements about prayer that I've been learning through Psalm 77. The first is that our brutal honesty is the way to be closer to God's heart. Secondly, prayer provides space for holding discouragement and hope. And lastly, praising God even in our spiritual valley magnifies our view of God. If you are like me, at some point you may have wondered what prayer is and what its purpose might be. Prayer is so often a part of this life following Jesus, and it is important. But do we really know why? I've had these same questions and I've wondered if my prayers really changed anything. I've wondered if God heard each prayer or if there was like some lock combination to crack for God to hear our prayers and respond. In my experience, it hasn't been the moments of answered prayer that has taught me the most about prayer. It has been the vulnerable space where I tell God about my fear, my disappointment, and even my frustration with God that has been my greatest teacher because I find myself known and I've shared this space with my Savior. I've been learning about the tension of holding disappointment and the reassurance of God's faithfulness through each season. Recently, I've been seeing how this tension relates to prayer. I grew up believing prayers were thoughtfully crafted journal entries or prayer said aloud by one person and a group of people. I thought it was a ritualistic practice before eating meals and even said by the person closest to God during a church service. As my journey of faith continued onward, with more spiritual valleys and mountaintop experiences, the prayers I knew from before had changed. As I became more fluent in verbalizing my own inner thoughts, my fears, and my deep emotions, my prayers started mirroring this new way of being. I now believe prayer is the most important practice of our lives. Jesus' disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them anything. They could have asked for Jesus to teach them about His healings, His miracles, His deliverances. Instead, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray in Luke 11. E.M. Bounds once said, it was worth a trip from heaven to earth to teach men to pray. I believe prayers were never meant to be words we don't use in typical conversations. Prayers are deep cries and groans that are uncensored and not wrapped in a perfect bow. With this framing of prayer, let's read a prayer from the book of Psalms. We're going to read a chapter that has given me the permission to speak out of disappointment and praise. Let's sit in the ache and pain of being human together and together hold the reassurance of God's goodness. Here is Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in trouble, I looked to the Lord for help. During the night, I lifted up my hands in prayer, but I refused to be comforted. God, I remembered you and I groaned. I thought about you and I became weak. You kept me from going to sleep. I was so troubled I couldn't speak. I thought about the days gone by. I thought about the years long ago. I remembered how I used to sing praise to you in the night. I thought about it and here's what I asked myself. Will the Lord turn away from us forever? Won't he ever show us his kindness again? Has his faithful love disappeared forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to help us? Has he held back his tender love because he was angry? Then I thought, here is what gives me hope. For many years, the Most High God showed how powerful he is. Lord, I will remember what you did. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will spend time thinking about everything you have done. I will consider all of your mighty acts. God, everything you do is holy. What God is as great as our God. You are the God who does miracles. You show your power among the nations. With your mighty arm, you set your people free. You set the children of Jacob and Joseph free. God, the water of the Red Sea saw you. It saw you and it boiled up. The deepest waters were stirred up. The clouds poured down rain. The skies rumbled with thunder. Lightning flashed back and forth like arrows. Your thunder was heard in the windstorm. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your path led through the Red Sea. You walked through the mighty waters, but your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock. You led them by the hands of Moses and Aaron. I'd like to share three elements about prayer I'm learning from this chapter of Psalms. The first is our brutal honesty is the path to be closer to God's heart. Prayer is the space for expressing the reality of our heart, no matter how ugly. As I continue on this life journey with Jesus and get to know his heart more, I believe he is not interested in our performance. He wants our time and our presence. He wants relationships. I found my prayers over the past couple of years have sounded a lot like this one in Psalm 77. Over the past year or so, one of my more frequent prayers is, God, where are you? Have you forgotten about me? Many of the Psalms are not happy and lighthearted prayers. Instead, they're mostly cries of unresolved pain. The Psalms are deeply honest, and I've come to believe that our honest prayers are the prayers that honor God the most. I can guess that each one of us during the past two years, living through a pandemic, have come to a place where we've asked questions similar to the questions asked in Psalm 77. Like, are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Joni Erickson Tada is a woman who became a quadriplegic from a diving accident, who loudly shares about Jesus' faithfulness and has taught me about stewarding suffering. Joni once shared that these questions in Psalm 77 honor God because they are honest and the author is looking to God for the answers. I found that as I spend more time with Jesus, my prayers have become more and more honest over time. The way we pray communicate our true beliefs about God. The intimacy of a relationship and unconditional love means that you can share every part of yourself without fear of judgment or rejection. Psalm 55, 17 reassures that evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. This psalm tells us God hears our complaints. He is a relational God who wants to hear our heart without the religious filter we may have been led to believe through the eyes of the enemy. Even Jesus prayed in this way honestly. Luke 22:44 tells us, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. We do not need to manipulate God with prayers we think He wants to hear. God hears our cries. He doesn't tune out or mute when we tell Him the uncomfortable truth of our struggles. Instead, these cries bring more intimacy in our relationship with God. The second element of prayer I've been learning is prayer provides space for holding discouragement and hope. Prayer holds the tension of our disappointment and trust in God's power and faithfulness. A close friend and mentor of mine constantly reminds me of the devastating beauty and power of the word and, how life often combines beauty and sorrow, joy and mourning, gratitude and suffering. These emotions and experiences can all go together, no matter how different they may seem. Psalm 13 is another great example of a gut-wrenching, honest prayer that holds the magnitude of God's faithfulness. The author of Psalm 13 writes, Lord, how long must I wait? Will you forget me forever? How long will you turn your face away from me? How long must I struggle with my thoughts? How long must my heart be sad day after day? How long will my enemies keep winning the battle over me? Lord, my God, look at me and answer me. Give me new life or I will die. Then my enemies will say we have beaten him, but they will be filled with joy when I die. But I trust in your faithful love. My heart is filled with joy because you will save me. I will sing praise to the Lord. He has been so good to me. The author holds all of these emotions together through prayer. The longing, the impatience, the desperation, and trusting in God's faithful love, finding joy in being saved and reflecting on God's goodness. A verse I've quoted often from Psalm 77 over the past year or so from the Passion Translation says, You turned seas into highways with footsteps on a pathway no one knew was there. This verse refers to a time written in the book of Exodus when the Israelites were fleeing the Egyptians after being held under captivity. As the Israelites were fleeing Egypt, they came across the Red Sea. God parted the water so they could go down a path that wasn't there before. The author of Psalm 77 brings up God's faithfulness towards the Israelites and making a way that wasn't there before. Even when we don't see a way out of our circumstances or don't have any evidence of God working, we can hold that discouragement with the trust that God still turns seas into highways within situations in our lives. Prayer just might be the space to receive the strength to believe in faith God is working in our lives in ways we can't see. And that leads us to the third element of prayer related to this passage, that praising God, even in our spiritual valleys, magnifies our view of God. Our honest cries are more related to glorifying God than we likely realize. Psalm 34.3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Praising God's holy character gives us perspective to seek peace within our discouragement, our doubt, our disappointment. The author of Psalm 77 says, I will spend time thinking about everything you have done. It is an active choice to look back for God's faithfulness within our struggle. Magnifying our view of God allows us to sense God with us in a moment and in in the midst of our struggles. This enlarges our view of God to detect His presence within our struggle. One of my favorite prayers is found in Ephesians 3 and was written by Paul. He prayed over the Ephesians and wrote to them, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. What is more startling to learn about these prayers in Ephesians is that Paul wrote these words while in prison for sharing about the gospel. What if Paul wrote these prayers and still sang from prison as a way to cry out, asking God to show up? And remember how powerful and faithful the character of God is to bring God into the dark corner where Paul stood. Maybe Paul's praise and adoration for God in this letter to the Ephesians had a subtext under this praise, asking God to show himself here and now. Paul knew that God frees captives and God is the calm in the storm. He may just be asking God to do this in his situation. No matter the storm or valley we may find ourselves, Enlarging our view of God brings hope. I can't help but wonder if there was intentionality in the structure of Psalm 77's prayer. In verses 7-9, through the author asked, Will the Lord turn away from us forever? Won't He ever show His kindness again? Has His faithful love disappeared forever? Has His promises failed for all time? Has God forgotten to help us? Has He held back His tender love because He was angry? Then in verse 10, the author prays, here is what gives me hope. For many years, the Most High God showed how powerful He is. What if the author is magnifying God's faithfulness and power in the midst of the doubt and questioning? Philip Yancey once said, "'For me, Jesus has become the focal point of faith, and increasingly I am learning to keep the magnifying glass of my faith focused on Him. In my spiritual journey, I have long lingered on the margins, puzzling over matters like the problem of pain, the conundrum of prayer, providence versus free will. When I do so, everything becomes fuzzy. Looking at Jesus, however, restores clarity. Focusing on Jesus and His character gives us a better picture of our own circumstances. Tyler Stanton said praising Jesus' name is not for the feelers, the emotional, or the uber-spiritual. It is for the courageous those who are courageous enough to have stared into the darkness of this world and turned their gaze to God, to trust Him alone to be their shelter. It is defiant adoration. Magnifying our view of God as we cry out to Him may even sometimes be the answered prayer we are looking for. To recap, Psalm 77 teaches that our brutal honesty is the way to be closer to God's heart, and prayer is the space for expressing the reality of our heart no matter how ugly. Secondly, prayer provides space for holding discouragement and hope. Lastly, praising God even in our spiritual valley magnifies our view of Him. Whitewater community, my encouragement to us is to pray as we can in whatever rhythm works best for us. May our prayers come from our own personalities and view of the world that holds our fears and questioning and our trust in God's faithfulness and power. Let's be people who create space to pray. Maybe we are able to create a rhythm of praying as soon as we wake up each morning instead of grabbing our phones. Maybe we wake up 10 minutes earlier to get in a posture to pray. In that time, maybe we take a moment to remember the character of God, then share our burdens, longings, fears, and anxieties, then magnify our view of God and praise Him. I encourage you to read Psalm 77 throughout the week, and maybe you begin to write your own version of Psalm 77, a prayer that fits your experience. I'll end with a quote from Pete Gregg, who has taught me about the simplicity of prayer. Pete writes, There's no one superior way to pray. If you're searching for the Holy Grail, go back to where you began. But as you set out on the many paths of prayer, the Lord is going to join you on that journey. He's going to walk in silence with you and talk with you, too. The conversations will ebb and flow. He will tell you things you never knew and ask you things you've never told. Occasionally, you'll lose your sense of Him, but not for long. Sometimes, He will suggest a rest on a, or a particular path, but mostly, He will follow your lead, accompanying you every step of the way until eventually, you come to full circle, arriving home, knowing yourself known. Join me in prayer as I close. Jesus, we come to you just so humble in the fact that you are a good God in the midst of our struggles, and the chaos of this world, would you remind us that you give us the capacity to hold all sorts of emotions, and that you're present even in the darkest of times, God. Would you give us the strength to be vulnerable in our prayers, and that we would continue this journey with you, growing closer and closer together with each conversation that comes. Continue to just blow us away by your character and how good and powerful you are Thanks again for listening with us today If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact whitewater Church reach out at info at whitewaterchurch.org or click contact in our show notes and if you'd like to get involved in what whitewater's doing to bless our communities you can go to whitewaterchurch.org/ give Your generosity is love and action. have a great week